You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan at the bottom of the hour. NHL Daily Faceoffs' Frank Saravalli will join us. We'll get his thoughts on anything close on the Elias Lindholm front. And to wrap up the show at 8.30, uh, your sensible Flames takes. Sensible, not hot, not bold. Sensible flames takes at eight thirty. But uh, exciting news for the city of Calgary yesterday, as um, the agreement was signed between the municipal, provincial, and CSEC to build a new arena in the uh, downtown of Calgary. She is the thirty seventh mayor of Calgary. Her Worship Jody Gondek. Mayor Gondek, thanks for this. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Good. Uh, we spoke to you in April, and uh, wh- what's changed? How much has changed since April till yesterday's formal announcement? Well, the biggest thing that's happened between April and now is that all four parties were able to sit down and look through the agreements in principle, draw up the contracts that were needed to formalize the deal, and everyone signed off. So yesterday we were able to announce that we've gone from agreements in principle to formal definitive agreements in place. We are now in the design phase of the project, and then we will go into construction. Um, for, for, the, for the fans who are still a little cynical about uh, whether or not this is going to happen, can you just please reassure people like my co-host, who is a longtime Calgarian, saying, until I see the shovels in the ground, I'm not going to believe it. This is happening, right, Mayor Gondek? Yeah, the deal is signed. So it is moving forward. Um, We do have uh, the design company on board, Dialogue HOK. It's a partnership to come up with uh, a brilliant design that's going to see a great addition to the Rivers District and the Culture and Entertainment District. Um, We will let you know as soon as the design phase is done and development permits are through, and that's when shovels will be in the ground, I anticipate, early next year. What type of input is getting put in on the design as far as what this is going to look like and how this is going to kind of map out for us? There will be another public engagement process, very much like last time. There were um, consultations throughout the city to make sure that we were able to get feedback from the public. That will be happening again. One of the things that I think uh, a lot of people kind of grabbed here, and and this might be a little bit down the list, but I wanted to get to it early, but 35-year commitment to stay in Calgary for the Flames. Um, Can you tell me about that number and how important that is? Well, it demonstrates that uh, both Calgarians and the team feel that it's important for the Flames to live here. And with a 35-year agreement, we know that uh, we're going to be able to celebrate our home team for the decades to come. And I think it's a good signal to the market that Calgary is a hockey city. How is the relationship between all four of these parties right now? Because, you know, this has been a process that has taken quite some time. It has. It's a process that started many years ago, long before, excuse me, I was on council. Um, I would say that the proof is in the final agreements being signed and all parties being eager to move forward. So I think we're in a very good place where everyone understands that we've got a role to play in bringing this to life, and we're interested in getting going right away. Mayor Gondek, what would you say to our listeners right now who are maybe not crazy about the idea that this much taxpayer money is going into this project? Well, it's a good question, and I would say first and foremost, people need to understand that we are not raising taxes for this project. This is money that was allocated back in uh, 2019 
there was additional funds that were allocated in 2021, and there is reserve funding that's being used to make this deal possible from the city side, so this will not implicate any tax increases. I think the other thing that we need to understand is there's two things that we're responsible for as a city. Firstly, we need to make sure that everyone's got good quality of life, so we invest heavily in things like affordable housing, things like public transit. We've been doing that for years. It's in the budget. And then we need to make sure we've got sustainable revenue streams. And by getting this project out of the ground, the development that will come up around it, you know, the buildings that are going to be hotels or retail or commercial, those will drive property taxes that generate revenue streams for the entire city. So we're being sustainable and responsible with revenue streams as well as bringing a district to life. Mayor Gondick, how, how important is it to you in this project to make the arena a lot more accessible, just easier to get to? A lot of people going to the games now saying that the, the, the construction around the dome is a nightmare. It's hard to get in and out. How important is that aspect of this project just to make the new arena, the new entertainment center accessible? Well, the first thing is there's, there's going to be construction that goes along with this project as well. So um, I understand that people get frustrated. I do too that there has to be uh, road work that's done, there has to be utility work that gets done. So there will be some construction in the coming years. Once everything's completed though, the road access is gonna be better. There will be an additional underpass. There will be the addition of the Green Line station. So we are making it a positive experience for future fans and we are trying to manage the construction as best we can for current fans to ensure that you have a good experience. I would say, Give yourself a little bit of extra time when you're going to events down there for the next couple of years. <laughs> um, how close will be, uh, what, what's the plan to having the, the new Green Line station compared to the arena? Is this potentially, I've seen it on social media too, maybe that could be something where it's indoors or underground. Like, is there already a plan with how close that would be in relation to the new entertainment center? Yeah, there's already an alignment for the Green Line and it's super close. So I think, you know, once that Green Line project is completed and the arena is done, the experience for fans is going to be so much better. You can hop a train, get off, just walk a short distance and you'll be at your destination. It's like every other major city where you're able to take transit to the venue, we're going to be in good shape. Just want to look at a couple of details here. Uh, $1.22 billion cost. We're getting $300 million from the province. That's for infrastructure and the demolition of the Saddle Dome. And the city is going to assume any runover costs or inflation during the build. Is that all correct? The city and CSEC will be responsible for overruns on the build itself, if there are any. That's why we're trying to get moving quickly, because the longer we wait, the greater the risks of inflation are. The provincial portion is actually $330 million. $30 million is earmarked for the community rink, which is something that was not part of the previous deal. So, you know, we are responsible as a city if there's anything over and above the 300 that's for the road improvements and the infrastructure. Uh, but other than that, it is a shared responsibility for overruns with Calgary Sports and Entertainment Corporation. What is going to be happening with the Saddle Dome? Kind of the, the timeline for that and, and what might end up happening there? I know that's a stampede property, I guess, but uh, still the question begs. Well, we will ensure that the new structure is built before we do anything with the Saddle Dome. The plan right now is to demolish the Saddle Dome and look at what we can do in that space. Instead, that would be an opportunity for uh, revenue generation as well as a better experience in the entire district.
Jody Gondek is the 37th mayor of Calgary. Joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest online, it's the big show, Russick and Rose, 960 The Fan. Uh, you had mentioned uh, earlier on, uh, Mayor Gondek, in, in this conversation that you want input from the fans. Is that something that you're going to have an open forum? Will it be at council? Is there something where maybe season's ticket holders or fans of the building can give you input on what they'd like to see in this new building? And is that something uh, the designers will take to heart and potentially implement in this new entertainment center. Yeah, so we will make sure that uh, the public engagement process is clearly outlined and defined for any Calgarian fans, um, you know, general public, whoever it happens to be. Uh, There will be updates on the City of Calgary website, calgary.ca. I will make sure that I'm posting it to social media. Happy to do any interviews you might need into the future. Hmm. We'll make sure that fans are very well aware of how they can participate. Um, are, are people of Calgary aware of the amount of events, uh, Mayor Gonick, that we've missed out on based on not having a world-class facility for concerts? Like, just just as, as, as a person who lives in Calgary, how excited should Calgarians be now at the prospect of now getting all of these world-class events in this new arena that maybe they had no chance of getting with this old facility that we do have now in the Dome? Well, it's a good question and a couple of thoughts on that. We've had some pretty good acts come through. I mean, we just had Iron Maiden and Dixie Chicks last month. Those were big shows. Um, Could they have been even more impressive? Absolutely, with a new facility. And could we have more shows? Absolutely, we could. And I'll tell you one of the biggest things. The current structure only has one loading area. So you have to get a show in through one loading area and back out before you can move on to the next event. Any other facility throughout North America has several bays within which you can do the transition from one event to the other. So I think it is a huge opportunity for us when it comes to hosting and hospitality. The fact that the BMO Center will be complete then as well. I want people to consider the fact that, you know, visitors that are coming to our city are going to be able to go to whatever convention it is and then catch a concert or whatever show might be going on. And for all of us as Calgarians, the number of things we will have access to is exponentially higher. Mayor, you you mentioned the BMO Center expansion. I've been watching it over the last few years from my apartment window. Uh, It's coming along wonderfully. I'm just wondering what you and the city might have learned over that big process that you can apply to this one. (laughs) Um, I would say that our partners at Calgary Municipal Land Corporation are very good at placemaking and design and making sure that projects run on budget and on schedule. And the BMO Center is another great example of that. They were also responsible for the new central library. The fact that uh, CMLC will once again be responsible for the placemaking elements on the arena is going to be fantastic news for Calgarians. We've learned that when something works, you take the things that work and implement them into the next project. And for the things that didn't work, you make sure you don't repeat those mistakes. One of the things that I remember way back when it was announced that we were going to get all this new stuff, everyone said, you know, we're going to get concerts. Obviously, the games are going to be better for the Flames, but there's also going to be like hologram concerts and stuff like that. Like, is there anything else that you think might be, you know, on the horizon technology wise that we might be able to see in this new building that's maybe not hockey and not concerts? I think anything is possible. And I think we have to remember, too, that there's a lot of... um, there's a lot of events that go on that are non-traditional. So when you talk about gaming and how big it is, and you talk about things like, you know, Fortnite competition, those are getting a lot of fan attention in other major centers. And I believe as a city where tourism is a major part of our economic sector, 
we've got to make sure that we're keeping the pace and that we are attracting the types of things that every generation wants to see. It can't just be concerts and games. We've got to look at other plays as well. Have you been in contact, Mayor Gondek, uh, with the NHL in regards to this? Because uh, we were told that potentially we can have the All-Star game here. We could potentially have the NHL draft here. Have you spoken to the league? I have not spoken to the league because, frankly, it's it's not my role. In this process, we did have a consultant engaged that was in active conversation with anybody that has major interest in seeing this deal go forward. Uh, CAA ICON would have been in contact with uh, other facilities and with the league to make sure that we get this right. So I have every confidence that the people that need to be at the table have been representing us very well and that we will get the types of events we absolutely deserve to have. Uh, Mayor Gonick, uh, before I let you go, I know uh, there's a lot of Stampeders fans in this city now saying, well, what about us? We know that McMahon Stadium is an older facility and really not up to snuff with some of the other stadiums in the Canadian Football League. Is that even on the radar of council right now, potentially to maybe do improvements to McMahon, have a new stadium for the Stampeders? Is that even close to being on the radar for you guys? Well, I mean, it's it's not a it's not a facility that we would immediately go to and say, you know, as as something that um, is a civic facility, we need to do upgrades on it. We would need to have a partner come forward and say, look, what can we do? Um, so anything is possible, absolutely. But again, we would need to look at what other things do we need. We're still trying to get a multi-sport field house into our city, something that's desperately been lacking since the '60s. So there's a competing projects, but I do think that as a city that's growing and attracting a lot of investor confidence, we could do a lot of really good things with all the facilities that need it if we stage the projects correctly. Um, you also said uh, the last time you were on, you know, by the well, three or four years from now, the Flames will be playing uh, in a new arena. I guess we're all super excited uh, that that looks like it will be a reality in the very near future. Uh, Mayor Gondek, thanks for your time this morning. Thanks for having me on. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. There you go. There she is, the 37th Mayor of Calgary, Jody Gondek, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. There you go, Maddie. It's happening. All right. I'm in now. (laughs) Now I'm in. (laughs) It's signed, sealed, delivered. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like it's going to happen. Yeah. There's no backing out. That's what she said. That's what the mayor said. Take her at her word. Um, I'm excited. We uh, Like I said, I, I didn't get to ask her, but like, I can get a broom out. We can get like a, a chisel. You can help. Maybe like you a pick. Yeah. yeah. If you sledgehammer. see me, if you see me with a sledgehammer, just breaking up concrete in one of the lots, yeah. don't bother. Maybe just lend a hand. And she actually brought up a, a great point that something we just don't consider. There's one loading dock for the dome, yeah. and that's just not good enough when you need no. you know these things to go in and out. And, like uh, it's it's a bit of a catch twenty two because it's like another reason why. Oh, well, you can't do concerts back to back. So, like, why would we bother? Right. Right. Like, it's just another reason why they probably don't get some shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tried to uh, get a good question for the mayor. Um, I couldn't use a couple of them. No. Or a lot of them. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, <laughs> it was some of these the most, I can't use. Wasn't the most well behaved you guys have ever been. I'm no. not going to lie. Uh, the text line's a little out of control this morning, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a Friday. I, I wanted to voice. ask some questions but from you guys to the mayor, but I just couldn't do it. Let's keep it at least sort of <laughs> professional, I guess. 
I know that's what the show is far from professional. But but we're getting a new arena here in Calgary. Instances we try and pretend as best that we can. Do you think there's any chance, Patrick, we get a new a new stadium for the Stampeders? I don't know if this is going to come from the city. I think that's going to have to come from CSEC and the Calgary Sports and Entertainment. If that, that's something they want to explore like, down the line, I, we need a new football stadium. Straight, we need a new outdoor facility. Yes, field houses are important as well. We have none of those. Um, but yeah, like uh, an outdoor stadium. Uh, for football, for that other events, Cavs for outdoor... And, and the Stamps could uh, share? Cavs are never going to leave Spruce Meadows. No, they they're never going to leave Spruce Meadows. They, they've got plenty... The plans for Spruce Meadows are insane what they want to be doing to that yes. place over the next decade. Okay. Um, they want to make that a go-to destination. But um, it's going to have to come from CSEC for them to want it to... Because the Stamps are their property. I don't think there's a rush from the city to get anything done. I know there's outdoor concerts that we can lose out on because, you know, but Edmonton gets those. But... It's just it's gonna have to come from the, the from the flames and the team, I think, if they wanna push that forward. Hmm. Yeah. First things first though. They've uh, got priority number one right now is yeah. building this new arena. And that's getting close. Yeah, yeah. Um that's gonna be super exciting. Um imagine they have the draft here. You're such a draft guy. Imagine if it's oh, in your hometown. I would love it, dude. In our new down in our new uh studio down there at the <sighs> building. What? Hopefully. You think that'll happen? I don't know. I'm sure they'll be absolutely. Patty, will we get our home? own? We get one? Patty will have a new home there. Wouldn't mind a window emanating from the new arena every morning. Wouldn't mind that. Especially if it's downtown. Especially if we get moved and then we could downtown have like a there. it's right there and Doug Lacey's downtown studio at the mm. new rink. Yeah. Yeah. Doug wouldn't, Lacey's basement. Wouldn't mind turning that into a new 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 studio for the old sports net. Doug Lacey's Flames no, Emporium. But, I, but but see, this is what's exciting, like the possibilities. And I asked the question because if you're a Flames ticket, season's ticket holder, if you're just a fan who wants to see specific things, now is the time to get those ideas in. Yeah. Like, this 100%. is what I want to see at the new arena. Like, boom, get it in there. Like, write your letters. Escalators to the nosebleeds. Oh, like, there, there's going to be, es- be many good. escalators in that, that building, nice. this new yeah. building. You definitely need that. Like, you, yep. you need all this type of stuff. Like, what do you want to see? Like, gigantic bathrooms where you don't have to wait in line. Like, that's what you want to see and in this new arena. The scoreboard's going to be the one that stretches three quarters of the ice, probably. Yeah. Like, have, like, a state-of-the-art cool scoreboard that yeah. wraps around the arena. Like, something like that. Halo like, ring. I'd be sure. Cool. Like, SoFi. Yeah, like, again, like, do... Like, because SoFi is like the most spectacular stadium in richest, biggest, most expensive stadium on the planet. It's the Real Madrid, (laughs) the new Bernabeu is ridiculous, too. Yeah. But I mean, something like that. Let's, again, there's so many possibilities. Don't make this thing out of date within like 10 years. Like, make it. No, like Rogers Center. State of the art, (laughs) like that. It's incredible. Like, oh, that's that's a good shot. Make it as state of the art as possible. I like that one. Like, again, make it as as fan friendly as possible because. You have an opportunity here, and you're not getting one for a long time after this. Oh, this so is, uh, make sure you hit the home run with this stadium. This one at least till 2058, guys. At least what's till the right number of seats? I think uh, under twenty thousand. Just under twenty. Because yeah. the thing is, like, I hear I saw a couple things like, why don't they have like twenty two, twenty three thousand seats? And, and it, it's with the new buildings, the suites dominate. The suites dominate. If you look at Staples, you look at Rogers Place, you look at all the new buildings. There's a lot more suites, and that's going to take up all a good chunk. Of the seating, because the old dome, pre-renovation of 1994, I believe, mm-hmm. it was a 20,000 plus seat arena because they only had the suites up on the top. They didn't have the lower suites yet, uh, so the suites are going to take a ton 
uh, out of that. But I think around 19. I also think that if you do about 19 compared to like a 23, 24, you have a lot more chance of that thing being jammed to the rafters. Exactly. Like United Especially f- as, yeah. you know, it's very much a reality that mm-hmm. a lot of people would rather watch games at home than go to a stadium. Mm-hmm. New stadium or not. Yep. New arena or not. That's yeah, going to be I, how I some think, people live. I think the uh, the attendance at the new barn will be very good because I, people I'm more will thinking want like to. longevity sure. type of thing. Like off the top, it's going to be crammed all the time because people want to check it out. Yeah. And the team's going to be so good. Like probably a dynasty at that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But um, right? from somebody who's been at the Bell Center in Montreal, mm-hmm. the biggest arena in the NHL, like when that thing's full and it's rocking, it is loud Yeah, in that arena. Like the dome can get silly loud too. The, the way that, I don't know, acoustics or something like that. But, yeah, man, I love playoff hockey. Yeah. Um, and, again, it's like exciting. Six months away from it. Like, yeah, they, they should have, you know, some of the Seven? characteristics of the dome at the pocket dogs. Like, you need stuff that people are accustomed to. I don't know if you can bring over the beer lines from the dome. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's that. going to happen. I doubt that's going to happen. Lines. I also think that's a myth. Yeah, well, I don't know. But the higher you get, the the yeah, that's the heroiny, the more the beer it gets. Yeah, that's that's there's that. There's also the fact that they're just not that clean, and that's why they get you different. I figure they would have been hit by a couple of food inspectors over the few years. Yeah, those lines are clean. Lines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just when you have like six or seven. It's of just them, one of those like really matter. those rumors, yeah, little, little whispers you hear. Like they they treat them like they're just like a twelve ounce can, and it's like yeah. a twenty ounce. <laughs> That's like two beers, dude. And, and you know what? It's going to be cool when we see the renderings in the new barn. What yeah. it's going to look like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're seeing all these different. Nothing's official. Mm-mm. Nothing's been designed. That last design gone because that was a that was the old project. This is going to be a new one. They got new ideas. There's new technology available. Like the sphere wasn't around when the previous just make arena it the was. Sphere. Just make it the sphere. Yeah. Just make, the sphere. Make, it the, make it the sphere. Yeah. Put thousands of a, baseball-sized LED lights around the a, arena. Just do a bigger <laughs> sphere. Oh, yeah. Puck broke that one. Yeah, that only cost two point three billion. <laughs> yeah, we got a no big deal. We got to add a billion to this one. <laughs> just, okay. add a, just add a billion to this one. <laughs> Quick bill. Yeah, just just it's, it's that simple. Um, Frank Cervalli next. <laughs> Hello, Premier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> NHL Daily Faceoff. Uh, we'll get his take. Are we going to see an Elias Lindholm? Any news on Elias Lindholm before also, Puck drop on Wednesday? Premier is going to join the guys this afternoon. By the way. Yes, or Danielle Smith. Um, because this uh, station is the fulcrum. Of Alberta politics, the fulcrum. Um, Frank Cervalli next. Ben Ennis from the Fan Morning Show at 8 o'clock. I just like doing the safety signal whenever we talk about fulcrum. And um, get your sensible, sensible flame stakes for this upcoming season. Not bold, not hot. Sensible. There's a hot take on here. No, we don't want hot. We need sensible. sensible. (laughs) No. Sensible flame stakes. Uh, we'll do that uh, next. Well, not next, but at 830, we'll talk to Frank Cervalli next. It's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, The Fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio, it's the Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The top of the hour, Ben Ennis from the Fan 590 Morning Show. Still a lot of people sour about the Blue Jays and how they went out. Yeah, well, it was awful. Did you watch the John Boy breakdown of Jose Barrios yesterday? Oh, oh how filthy what? he was. <laughs> oh, you're so gross. Yeah, it was nasty. He was nasty. I wanted a it hu- was nasty, I dude. I wanted to hug Jose Barrios. It made it so, so much long. worse. Yeah. And at like 30 minutes smiling like a child, just like, this is so fun to watch. And then the end comes, and you're like, oh, yeah. Sadness and despair. <laughs> Lovely. And at 8.30, uh, forget your bold. 
Forget your hot. We want your sensible flames take for the upcoming season. 960-960, name and location. But right now, Frank Servali, NHL insider for Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Chrysler. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. Is it exports? Is that the new read? I don't know. Yeah. All right, awesome. Hey, Frank, how are you? Importer, exporter of fine latex goods. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> is there anything more sketchy than somebody goes, I'm into importing and exporting? I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, so you sell drugs? Mm. No. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, crickets. It's okay. Um, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, GBP. Thank yep, you, GBP. Right on. Um, Frank, how excited should Calgarians be about a new barn? insanely excited i was actually thinking about the social media reaction yesterday and i what are you guys doing up there i heard someone saying and i was reading like do they really have to knock down the dome (laughs) people getting nostalgic about the dome like please tell me you're kidding Hey, oh, Maddie, you're the you're the Calgarian. I, no, I'm right there with you. I like it. I like the idea of it, but I also think that if you have a new building, there's no point in keeping it. Like, what are we going to be doing in the Saddle Dome after this? Nothing. They should turn it into like a sweet skate park or something. Like, I don't know what they're going to do with it. Just knock it down. That's all you can do with it. I I understand that people are like, oh, it completes the skyline and it, it does make for great pictures and all that jazz. But at the same time, if you get a new beautiful arena, you don't have to worry about it. So I, I understand some people who have like have grown up with it. It's yeah. been part of the city. It's for not as the long forum. As I've been here, but yeah, it's yeah. Like, I, I saw someone refer to it as iconic, and I was like, iconic. Well, what it's, are we, it, it's for it's different been the reasons. Dump in the league for two decades. Yeah, what are but, we t- like it's not. I get that you created memories there, but like you also made memories in your first house, and then you sold it. Like, come on, move along. I wish I could live in my first house. It was so much nicer Frank, than where I live now. Frank, are you saying you're not a hoarder? Definitely not a hoarder. <laughs> okay. How many press passes do you have from past <laughs> events? Uh, I actually, you know what's really funny about that? Mm-hmm. So I have them hanging on the wall here, some of them. Like every and NHL sleuth, yeah. I didn't realize that I was doing it. Hmm. Like, I didn't even realize I was collecting them. And mm. then one day, like, 10 years after the fact, I found them all in a box. Um, I, I had this uh, take, want to share it with you. I know that uh, the draft probably coming here now with the new rank. Maybe an, all- point, yeah. Yeah, maybe an all-star game. But also, Frank, if there's a World Cup of hockey, why wouldn't the city of Calgary with their brand new rank host games for that, too? I mean, it, it should be in the mix. But yeah. it probably won't be completed by then. Okay. Well, at least for 2025. Yeah, but you mean future events? Sure. I did want to ask you. I did want to ask you, Frank, about something that we'd kind of heard over the summer, and that was the All Star Game, and that it was basically going to go through a circuit of select cities, so that more players would commit to going year after year. Have you heard anything else on that? If that's going to come to fruition or anything along those lines? That is a misnomer. Okay. Perfect. Great to hear Um, that. I did ask Commissioner Gary Bettman about that at last All-Star game, and he said, no, we like sprinkling it around to all of our cities. 
See? And this this next one coming up in Toronto is going to be the first one in a cold coldish city that I can remember. Hmm. And uh, it's been a while, at least. Yeah, for sure. Um, so that means the city of Calgary will get an All Star game when they build a new rink, which is super exciting. You you just get all you get all the treats. Yeah, that's what happens when you like. I mean, and here's the other thing that people should be really excited about. This this is an absolute sweetheart deal for the Calgary Flames. Oh yeah. You have the city of Calgary and the Alberta government ponying up eight hundred and sixty seven million dollars and all of the overruns, which usually there is another hundred million of that. I mean, this doesn't happen anymore. It's twenty twenty three. Everyone has now looked at owners of pro sports teams and said, You guys are billionaires, we're not giving you any handouts. Every other city has has done that. The Flames are in a great spot. I, I think some of that is just people are just tired of hearing in the arena. It's like, okay, yeah, we'll just fold. Just build the thing already. I think that's what it is. There's a lot of fatigue, arena fatigue in the city, Frank. Everybody realizes they need a new barn. It's like, all right, whatever. What is this going to cost? Just build the damn thing already. Okay, but this is this is just the part that I didn't see coming was the nostalgia <laughs> yeah. for the Dome. I just I never in a million years... Like, was anyone jumping up and down and screaming about don't don't knock down the Boston Garden or or the Forum or whatever? No, just yeah, whatever. We're moving on. Uh, it'll be exciting times here uh, in the city of Calgary with the new arena. I have a I have a bet with Eric Francis. Uh, we did it on the air a while back. I said Calgary will build a new arena before Arizona. And we have a steak dinner on. And he took Arizona. I took Calgary. I'm feeling pretty good about my bet right now, Frank. Yeah. You, you certainly have a leg up. I mean, <laughs> look, unless something goes high, haywire at the last second, like shovels and steel is going in the ground in 2024. Um, is Arizona going to get a new barn? Or is just this is finally it for the Coyotes in that city, in that in that state? We'll see. I mean... That was really low key. One of the most interesting things of Wednesday's Board of Governors meeting is that without really saying so, Gary Bettman put the Coyotes on the clock and said, quote, we'll see where they are by February. Hmm. That's that's really kind of their deadline is if you don't have something going like I just don't see a path forward for them to stay. And I certainly don't see a path forward for um the other owners to continue footing the bill for a team that's not generating the revenue that it should. No one, you know, 30, 31 other teams are pulling their weight. You can't have a revenue suck playing in a 4,000 seat arena. Is the NHL really thinking about going to Atlanta again here, Frank? Is this real? Is this really a real possibility? It's yeah, it's really on the radar. And I could think of a few other cities that are more deserving. They say that, with the population shift in Atlanta, with building it in the suburbs, aka the right place, um, having a proper ownership team in place that's actually willing to invest in the team. I mean, it's really kind of, it's tough to, and, and, and frankly, it makes it tough to grade and judge the Coyotes because they've been such a disaster. I truly think the best play for Arizona is to, just move that team somewhere else and five, six years from now, whenever you can finally get a new arena built, give Phoenix an expansion team. And mm. you're going to say, hold on a second, you're crazy. There's so much baggage with this Coyotes team. 
a couple decades of losing. It feels like 13 ownership changes. How, how do you get behind that team? Why Salt Lake City, too? Why is that a desirable destination for the NHL? Uh, an up-and-coming market, one that's really grown in a big way. Like, think Nashville in the late 90s. Okay. Salt Lake is going to have an, a population explosion. It's a very wealthy commune and it's a tourist area people go and ski in the winter and they love park city which is a half hour away i mean it's it's a pretty attractive market for a lot of reasons um i just i'd rather i'd much rather see the nhl give salt lake a shot versus going back to atlanta uh what does this mean for quebec city are they just a pawn in this in this vicious game of nhl expansion yeah, I would say not necessarily a pawn. Um, they're just sort of sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> and and they built that arena for nothing, essentially. Yeah, and it's a shame. Um, because by all accounts, Videotron Center is pretty darn nice. And it's an unbelievable junior barn for the Rempart. Um, but... The real concern for the NHL is market size. And so a completely uh, taxpayer-funded arena that's just now kind of sitting there. Where does Kansas City fit in all of this? I thought that was the team. Nowhere. you know, Nowhere? Because it was like, oh, Kansas City's a, a spot that the NHL might go. And all of a sudden that just went away? Yeah, I mean, that's another arena that's just kind of sitting there. It's another market that the NHL had previously explored with the scouts, albeit for a limited period of time. And I think the one concern about Kansas city is kind of just like St. Louis. It's another smaller market. You're talking mid tier by NHL standards that you want to go to a place that's booming Seattle, the tech, everything there is, has grown significantly. Amazon, you know, you understand why they decide to branch out there. For the longest time, Vegas was the fastest growing city in the U.S. They have a population of 2.1 million, and they get 43 million visitors a year. I mean, you understand, and the key in Vegas was being the first pro sports entrant into that market. Yeah. You can see why those things line up to then take a step back and go to Kansas City. I, I mean, doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. The key, the, the, the key, or I should say the downfall in Kansas City is I think the NHL was actually wondering if they were going to get a bid from there when they opened their last expansion process, but no ownership group ever materialized. Hmm. I, I know we're going down this rabbit hole of like NHL expansion. I just want to ask you one more question before we move on to the Flames. In our lifetime, Frank, and I plan to be here for a while, will there be NHL teams in Europe? I don't think so. Okay. Unless you were able to establish an entire European division mm -hmm. where you'd have, you know, London, Paris, Cologne, pick, you know, uh, pick a few cities around the continent and you have all of those teams kind of exclusively play each other. And then, you know, at, once a season you take the flames for instance, and they go there and uh, for a two or three week period, play all six or whatever those teams are, all eight teams. I just think it's such a long way off. And we're talking about a totally different league structure that 
it's probably going to be pretty hard to pull off. It would be really popular, though, among the players, especially the Europeans that could stay closer to home. Sure. Wanted to ask it's you. Like, it's kind of like when will we have flying cars? Is like that's that's how I view that question in the back of my mind, and mm-hmm. I'm like, new arena in 2027? That sounds so far off. Are we kidding? I was I thinking even... like teleportation more so than flying cars might be first before that, but like either of them seem pretty far fetched. So Both yeah, pretty scary. Yeah. Uh, about the flames. Let's just work on curing cancer first. Or, yeah, it's or a... ALS. Let's yeah. start with that. Yeah, yeah yep. it's a good place to start. Um. Anything on Elias Lindholm? Got to ask you. Um, I don't think anything new today. Um, I think the view is they're working hard to try and get something done. And I think they've been deliberately pretty quiet about it. But on the list of priorities for Craig Conroy between now and next week, it's I don't think there's anything higher than that. What have you made of kind of how the public, the media have gone about, you know, framing this one as it, it sounds like, not to say contentious, but it, it, it a lot of people are wondering why this has kind of gotten to this point after Elias Lindholm kind of said at the beginning of camp, you know, I've said what I wanted, and that's what I want. Who is making it contentious? I don't know if it is contentious, but it has I don't has think a, it is. I, yeah, no, I, I, don't I don't think it is either, it is. but it has had a feeling like, I don't know if the fan base is seeing this the same way, and I wonder if there's just a feeling of... I don't want to say resentment, but everything that happened with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, I think people are just worried that this hasn't been done yet. Well, there's a lot of emotional baggage there. I get it. And until it's done, everyone's going to feel that way. And that's fair. Um, but it's also a fact in like 31 other markets that this same stuff happens every year with almost every team. So got to deal with it um different regime different manager different um in this case you know different group that he's dealing with in terms of an agent have to let it play out i mean it's a game of cat and mouse because as much as i think the flames really pushed the ball forward with michael backland signing and that kind of i don't want to say it opened players eyes but it it makes everything else seem like a bigger reality that the push is on to try and get everyone else to get in line. And I think there's a deal to be made. I think there's interest and intrigue from Elias Lindholm, but I also think at the same time, he wants to be paid appropriately. um, And the leverage that the Flames have is having that extra year in their pocket that they can give out that no one else can. Can you maybe put this in perspective when we look at other teams around the NHL with top-level players that are in the final year of their deal? Like, I think of the two defensemen in Carolina. You know, we've seen the Stamkos situation in Tampa kind of escalate a little bit. Can you kind of compare how things are going in Calgary with Lindholm versus some other situations around the league to maybe put in perspective where this is with the Flames and Lindholm? Okay, so you want me to calm everyone down. Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> um, geez. Add that to my list of duties for today. <laughs> um, I, I would say, like, look at it this way. This is the easiest way for me to frame it. Stamkos and the Tampa Bay Lightning aren't even talking. Meaning, you see the player come out and, and, and 
basically say, I, I wish they even called this summer. No dialogue, really. No offer, no nothing. Captain of the team, two-time Stanley Cup winner, and, and still a really good core of players there. They're not doing it. The Flames have been in a low-key... We're, you know, we're not trying to seem too desperate attitude push have been hammering away at this, trying to get this done since the first day Craig Conroy took over. The first, I'm sure if he made five phone calls to start, one of them was to Elias Lindholm and the other one was to his agent. First day, first hour. Just that's the, that's been the push. So you can't force someone to sign on a dotted line you can only hope to negotiate, and the problem for the Flames is a little bit, is that they're really only negotiating against themselves right now. And that's what makes it a little bit harder. Frank Servali, NHL Insider Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Experts. Yeah? I think, I think that I'll, works. I'll go test the temperature this afternoon. I'll get back to you. But but is there but is there a deadline to get this done before puck drop on Wednesday? Is is that is that too much or like? No, I don't think it's a deadline. I think it's a it's a goal. It's a hope. It's a sure man. This would be perfect. It'd be great to never talk about this again. Yeah, not I know just for me, but really for 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 the Flames, let's not have this be a story this year. That's what they're thinking. Is okay. So if it's not by, what would the energy in the building be like if you know he's skating out and it's you know we've got eight more years of Elias Lindholm? It'd be electric. People be happy in this city. But if it's not puck drop on Wednesday, is U.S. Thanksgiving maybe the next deadline to get this done by? I just think once the season starts, not to say extensions don't formulate because obviously they do. Right. I think it's a lot harder. I think the player just wants to focus and essentially, I don't know if you saw the story with William Nylander today, but he's going to allow his agent to continue to negotiate with the Leafs under one condition. It's that he doesn't get told anything. He's got a number and unless the Leafs are hitting it, don't, don't talk to him about it. And so that's kind of the approach that players take. Some say we don't want to talk at all. I don't, I don't get a sense that that's happening here or will happen, but sometimes you have to park it, and it's really to the detriment of the team. I'm curious just on how negotiations go during the season because I completely agree with you. We don't see as many extensions signed then. Is that because week to week, you know, player has a good week, agents calling, hey, offer's just gone up, he has a slow week, team's calling saying, hey, look at, look at what just happened. Is that why it doesn't happen during the season? It's just week to week, everything changes? No, I think it's, I don't think it's nearly that volatile. It's not like watching Bitcoin where it's up and down <laughs> and all over the place. Not saying I do that. Um, but it's, it is, I think there's something to it from both sides here that you lose a little bit once the season starts. And, and I'll explain it this way. For the Flames, let's say they get off to a horrendous start. Not to be a negative Nancy, but let's say they're they stumble out of the gate and they're two and seven, and you go, Oh man, this team could be in for it. What if they don't make the playoffs? We gotta make some changes here. What are we gonna do? First off, the player is sitting there going, Oh, is this team gonna have a chance to compete over these next eight years? Do I really wanna stay here? 
And at the same time, the team is like, well, we really at some point are going to need some trade ships and going to need to look for flexibility. And it becomes difficult. And, and if you go the other way, once the season starts and the Flames start 8-2 and two, and Lindholm's got 17 points, or let's just make up a number, and you're like, this thing is costing us more money by the day hard it just becomes a, a much tougher thing to wrangle it's both sides right now i don't want to make this seem bigger than it is but it's it's like there's a lot on the line for both sides risk one way and the other and it's mm-hmm. mutually shared it's it's mutually assured and that's kind of why you see a lot of deals get done is no one wants to go into this season god forbid an injury whatever there's a million things that could happen Right. And you want to try and de-risk yourself on both ends. Um, Before I let you go, do you want to give us a sensible Flames take for this upcoming season? Not hot, not bold, just sensible. I I don't... Sensible? I don't even... That doesn't even... That does not compute. You want a sensible take? You want one so I can buy you some time? Yeah. It's not buy me some time. I think I know where I'm going. But All right. Uh, Dylan Dubé will score north of 15 goals this season. Sensible. I mean, did you even use any brainwaves coming up with that? <laughs> That's why it's sensible. It's not hot. It's not bold. It's just sensible. No, it's it's cold is what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Okay, you got one for me? Everyone in grade one around the city is like, what? <laughs> We're just trying to be that, different, that, they Frank. They put this guy on radio. Yeah. He's, he's hosting a morning show, yep. and this is what he comes up with. Sensible. Mm. You should see some of these good sensible takes. I would say senseless is, is, is no, how no, sensible. No, they're sensible. They're I, all going to happen. You want an example of one? Give uh, me another one. Should just shoot. Let, just bowl me over with your boldness. Yeah, Go here's ahead. another one. Um, this is a sensible one from a man, Eric in Ranchlands. Uh, Huberto bounces back with a 92-point season. Flames make the playoffs, but get eliminated in L.A. in the first round. Okay, yeah. It's a sensible take. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. There you go. That's what we're talking can, about this can, morning. Let me rattle off a few. Oh, okay. Oh. All right. Um, I would say the Flames not only are a playoff team, but win around. Sensible. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jacob Markstrom has a 906 save percentage. See, you see, sensible. That's very sensible, Frank. See, you were, you were just slagging me and now you're, you're breaking out some sensible takes. Playing along. Oliver Shillington does not play a game this season. Mm, that's oh, a sad, sensible that, take. That one's unfortunate. Uh, and hmm, Matthew Coronado scores twenty goals. All sensible. Wow. Well done, Frank. That's why you're the best. Ah, I don't know. Just, just kind of, just getting by today. All right, guys. All right. Just. just Good luck to your Phillies. Enjoy the weekend. Yeah, did you get to any games? I went to game one, yes. And it was 
It was electric. Yeah, it would be electric against the Braves, too. Um, We'll talk to you next week, pal. Your dog's hungry or Say bye to the pup for us. Bye-bye. See you guys. All right. Uh, There's Frank Cervalli brought to you by Cell Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit CellTrailExports.com. See, those are sensible takes. Yeah, we had to. He was ripping on we, me. We had he, to, was, he was crushing me. He's like, well, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden, he busted out four sensible takes. Yeah, it was like trying to pull wisdom teeth, but we got there. Yeah. Look at these wisdom teeth. Jacob Marshall. Such great takes. North oh. of a 906 save percentage. Very sensible. I said he was going to lead the division in goals against average. So Sensible. Um, I'll have two. Sensible. You'll have two. Okay. Patrick will have two. GVP will have two. We'll do that at 830. And we'd like to hear from you. 960, 960, name and location. But first, uh, we'll talk to Ben Ennis from the Fan 590 Morning Show in Toronto. Still, uh, the body's still a little, uh, little warm, the Toronto Blue Jays. And it's sad. It's sad. Uh, we'll talk to Ben Ennis about that. It's a big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the Fan.